Howdy, everybody. This is Jacob Hedges speaking for the False Nine podcast. This week, it's only one other guest with me, Mr. Zach Simons. How you doing, Zach? How's it going, buddy? I can't complain too much, you know. I don't know where Chris is. I think he might have died. Um, and me and you both know Duke's audio, um, there was a little issue there with, with his laptop and uh, trying to figure it all out. So we decided it was just going to be me and you. Uh, and I'm excited for it, man. I'm fucking excited, that's for sure. Um, we're going to dive right into it this week. Um, we're going to talk a nice little recap up about the game against Seattle here. Um, to start it off, our starting lineup was Waston, Captain, Bertone, Lama, Uola, Addy, Haglund, Alexander, Deplan, Bone, Teton, and Powell. Now that was a strong lineup, Zach. I don't know about you, but when I saw that lineup, Minus a couple names. I was really excited. Really excited. Um, we ended up playing a... What was it? 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1. Uh, yeah. mm. And so... We actually... Me, you, and uh, Duke, and a couple... Alex joined us, and your girlfriend was there. We, we got together to watch this game. Um... And it was a, a good time, you know, other than the end result. So we're, ju we're just going to go straight into it. That first 15 minutes was awesome. I don't think I've seen FC Cincinnati play that level of football since, you know, last season. But this is a brand new team. So that first 15 minutes, I saw high pressing. I saw just a, an understanding of the players of where the other players were um minus addy uh Adi, whatever the hell i don't think he uh looked too hot against seattle but that first 15 minutes we looked really good and it it showed and it proved to us that we were playing well when Bertone ripped that volley, that rocket of a shot, man, outside the box. Goal, goal of the week, um, man. I mean. Yeah, one goal of the week. First goal of FC Cincinnati's history. The only goal we've scored so far, and it won goal of the week. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit against their own play. I mean, uh, Seattle was definitely, I would say, on the front foot in those first 15. Um, but we did look really good. And then immediately following the goal, I think mm -hmm. the team just looked for the next I don't know, 10 minutes or so until they equalized. We we looked like the better team. Yep, I agree with you. Um, but and see, I, I expected Seattle to kind of push us those first minutes, and I, I was just hoping that the team stayed together, like mold, you know, um, because that's what we needed in, in that, and it proved that we needed that. Um I'm just excited to see how it's going to be implemented in games to come. Are we going to stick with the 4-2-3-1? Are we going to go to a back three like we were running in preseason? I don't have those answers. Um, uh, I think they should stick with the 4-2-3-1. Um, that's a formation that Koch has uh, used in the past quite a bit. 
Um, and it's a pretty mm-hmm. basic formation. I think it's easier to build chemistry around that than it is in pl- implementing a another new formation. And after you've already, you know, trained for two weeks on this four two three one, going back to a three four three might be a little confusing for the guys for the next game. I agree. I don't think we'll go back to a, a back three against um, Atlanta um, uh, come Sunday. I think we'll we'll stick with that back four now. If that if that four two three ones switch to um, uh, an attacking four three three, you know, with that third midfielder just playing up a little higher, uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. Because I I want to see more of our wingers get use in a wing position, whereas that four two three one, it's not that it's it's bad, but it's asking those wingers to sit a little deeper, you know. Uh, Chelsea played like that under Mourinho almost the entire time, you know, um, which it, it works out if those wingers are willing to backtrack and, and defend and try to press to win the ball back. Um, but in these first couple of weeks, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if for whatever reason he, he, he tweaks that f- formation just a little bit in these next couple of games to try to get that uh, golden uh, – ratio you know um but we don't need to i don't think me or you either i don't think that either of us want to talk about the four goals that were put past fc cincinnati um no i think it should just be known that this the seattle attacking five if you include brad smith the center mid is uh is probably one of the top two or three attacking groups in the league um you know and then we come up against another one this week in atlanta but you, you got to expect in your first game if you're not totally organized that they're going to slide a few past any team in the league i agree with you and that's why i didn't have my uh, expectations set too high when i saw that goal i mean we all we all were up out of our seats just fucking screaming, you know. I mean, what a what a goal for the first goal ever. And I I can see Bertone continuing that uh form as a goal-scoring midfielder. I think he's going to be uh, very dangerous uh in that role. Um did he play on the the left or the right side of the midfield, Zach? I can't remember. Uh I believe he played on the left. I think you was on the right. Um Okay. In the in the the two defensive mid. Well, and see, you know, I've saw I saw a lot of backlash and and just hate, negativity, uh, thrown towards the team after that loss. I'm in a lot of uh, you know Facebook uh, fan groups stuff like that. A lot of people were pissed. Not you know not everyone was, but a lot of people were pretty pissed. Um, and you got to take into consideration. Garza, our starting left back, he's been out injured since he got injured playing with the national team. Um, and so we had Deplan, who's a natural right back, playing in left back. And then we had yeah, Powell, Justin Hoyt, who is actually our backup left back, I guess, even though he played right the last couple of years. He was also hurt. Oh, shit. I didn't see. But wasn't he yeah. on the bench, though? No, he uh, he did not travel. Blake, Blake Smith traveled. Um, okay. But he didn't okay. get in the game. Gotcha. 
Well, damn. See, I, I for whatever reason, I, I just must have been mistaken. I thought uh, Hoyt traveled with the team. Um, I didn't know he was injured. Um, now, it wasn't, you know, after that first goal, it wasn't an outstanding performance by our team by any means. Um, but I did, I did kind of pick out two players I thought underperformed. Um, uh, excuse me. Um, against Seattle here, and those two players, in my opinion, were Bone and Addy. Bone to me looked a little, a little slow on touches and passes. Um, it it looked like he just wasn't up to speed as the rest of FC Cincinnati players were. Um, you know, there there was yeah, a couple it... times he, he did place a wrong pass, you know, um, which that's dangerous. <laughs> Regardless of who's doing it, you place a wrong pass, that can lead to a domino effect of bad things happening. Um, yeah, he, he did then... seem like he lacked a bit of quality here and there. Um, yeah. And no one in the attacking front was getting much service anyway. So when when he did, and if it didn't result in something, it really uh, just kind of blew that out of perspective. Well, and see, and then that goes again. Let me pull up because I screenshotted the player ratings. Um, he he had the worst player rating on the entire team. Bone did with a five point nine five, which is you know it's saying something when you start off the game with a six point zero zero. And you finish yeah, below that. And, um, it really, really says something about what he did in the game because he led the team in passing percentage at ninety six percent. But yeah, he did. In the attacking mid spot, I mean, he we never created anything. We didn't have a sink. We had one shot on target the whole game, and that was a friggin' rip from Bertone. So Bone never yeah. really created anything for Adi or Lamar or uh, I guess Alexander well, Powell you know, playing to on the be right fair, side. Um, Victor Uola looked a little slow at first. Um, I thought later on in the game he started pressing a little better, uh, just going to going after the ball. Um, but to to go back to my second choice of because we both picked two players who we thought underperformed. Um, with with Addy being my second, the reasoning for that was. His first touch, almost all game. I mean, it it was like watching Romelu Lukaku out of form, but worse. And I'm I'm really getting concerned about Addy. If he doesn't bag a goal, I'm gonna be generous here. In the next five games, starting with Atlanta, if he doesn't bag a goal from the fifth game from Atlanta, uh, I'm. I, I wouldn't surprise me to see him demoted to the bench and uh, us uh, put someone else up top because you've got to got to score a goal as a striker. That's your job. Yeah, I mean, it's not your only job. you got to help your team out and stuff like that, and he's very good at doing that. He's very good at holding the ball, uh, holding play up and letting people get in front of him and you know make those attacking runs, but... At the same time, I want to see more ruthlessness from him. I want to see him be more aggressive. Um, 
I want to see him take more chances. The the chances he were was taking, at it it made me question what his thought process was on some of them. Um, the one thing that he can do, and what that is a good stat from the game is he he won the most headers on the on the team. He he won five aerials. Um, which that's saying something, and you you know he's gonna do that. He's what like six two, six one. However yeah, tall he, he is, he's, that, big he's that tall man. He's that tall man up front. You know we can always pass the ball to, and I hope he refines his skill as a target man and as a almost like a false nine. That's kind of how coach is playing him. I don't know if that's what coach is wanting him to do. I don't. I don't know, but. I'm I'm worried about him the most. I and yeah, it, I, my worry comes from the whole Chelsea striker fiasco and and just them not having a consistent goal scoring striker. I I think he'll find form um once we get uh Kenny Saif in and then once our midfield is freed up and they can create chances because I mean he never really had many chances to really score goals. I know his first touch let him down a few times, but uh, I mean, he never had balls swung into the box for him, and he's—I mean, he's not a—he's not going to go dribble through a defense like a Messi or Eden Hazard. I mean, he's—he's he's a guy that you're going to swing the ball in, and he's going to get ahead to it or one touch. He's a poacher. Yeah, and and so he's not that creative goal scorer, even though he did score a couple last year in the USL where he'd take the touch off his test and then. He'd flick it over the defender and make a run, and but he, he's not that player. So his first touch not being that good is pretty concerning, considering he's going to be a a one touch striker for the most part, I would think. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully sure. he I mean, defines some form you. real quick. And I I have my fingers crossed for it. Um, and speaking of. Real quick, I mean, we have Atlanta Sunday. Um, so, Zach, what what do you think could have been done differently? Um, with, with I, I don't even know with what, but what just what do you think could have been done differently, um, or or will be done differently uh, come the game against Atlanta on Sunday? Because something something has to change. I don't think we're gonna see the same lineup. But I mean, um, what do you think? What do you think is gonna make the difference uh, for us to even get a draw going to Atlanta? I think what what kind of hurt us was obviously we 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 were lacking um, in in depth with some injuries. I believe Darren Maddox was hurt. Um, Justin Hoyt was hurt, and he's our you know second string left back. So Deplon, who's never played left back, had to go and play left back for the game. They ended up playing uh, Alexander, who's a box-to-box midfielder, played on the right wing, and he ended up having to cover for Alvis Powell a lot, And um, so I'm not too sure he was used to that as well, so our right side really got blown open quite a bit in that game against Seattle, and if that happens against Atlanta, they'll put 10 past us with no problem. Um, So plug that gap. I think the starting lineup will probably be pretty similar. Um, I would say Bone probably won't start. Um, I don't think Alexander will start. Um, it depends who's healthy for the left-back position if Deplon will start. Um, 
even though I thought he did pretty well for never playing left back, he did have a couple times where he's pulled out of position. Um, but Which I think... It, if, and that was to be expected, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's never played left back. And, yeah. So, um, but I think if Ledesma or Maddox or even Kukatsu Mane can play on that right wing, um, that'll kind of, you know, free up that hole or kind of plug that hole that we had because those guys will, they'll be able to, you know, hold the ball more and press the, the opposing offense when we're on defense. And I think they'll just be a little bit better at that right wing position than Alexander will. And, um, so Mm -hmm. Powell, when he does get up, you'll have that pace of Manu or Darren Maddox or Mane to track back with Powell if he can't get back. Which hopefully that'll be enough, um, you know, because he was getting overwhelmed against Seattle. And that was something that was pretty easy to see. Almost every one of their attacks started on that left side, uh, pushing our right side. Um, yeah, I saw a stat that 20 of their 24 shots came from our right side. Oh, jeez. Well, and, and so obviously with that stat right there, uh, you know Coach has seen it. And you know he's not going to allow that to happen again because that's probably oh, no. just from that first game, you you would imagine Atlanta's going to try to exploit that. Um, yeah, you you know none of those guys want to go and get humiliated on national TV again. I no, mean, they're, they're going to go out and play with some intensity. I mean, it's going to be a big crowd. There's going to be over 70,000 at this game. Crowd. and. Yeah, the away supporters section sold out. It sold out in like a week after they went on sale. So, <laughs> so you you tell me, have you made a um, a guess or a prediction for the starting lineup against Atlanta? Um, so Atlanta's lineup or, or no, our lineup? Uh, ours. So what I would like to see. Um, personally, I'd like to see that four-two-three-one again. Um, and then if Garza is fit and can play, you know, if he can start, I'd like to see him at that left back position. Um, if not, Deplan, you know, he's he's fine back there. I'd, I'd totally be okay with him starting there again. Um, so Garza or Deplan, and then I'd have Waston Haglin in the middle again, and then uh. Okay. I would give Alvis Powell another game on that right side. I think that was that game was kind of an anomaly. I, I don't think he normally plays like that. He's a pretty solid right back. He was for Portland. So I think Powell gets that start at the right back position again. Um, mm-hmm. As far as our two defensive mids, I don't think they change. Um, you know, Bertone, who's, who's class, and Yoa, who had a, a rough start to the game, but I think he kind of grew into it as it went on. Maybe you swap him for Alan Cruz. Um, or maybe Alan Cruz plays the 10 spot. I know he's capable of it. He did it for Costa Rica against the U.S. national team. Um, mm-hmm. But so my, my next three in the midfield, I would have Lama on the left wing. Okay. Um, Kukatsu Mane in the middle with uh, Darren Maddox on the wing, on the right wing, and then obviously the right, Adi right up top wing. in the middle. Okay. So my lineup's just... I mean, it it just slightly varies from yours. Um, the only difference, um, I'd I'd have Lasso in for Hagland. I thought Hagland played a good game 
against Seattle. Um, but watching Atlanta United's last game and, and watching just Lasso play um, compared to Haglund, I, I decided to give him the nod ahead. Uh, Rightfully so. I mean, Forrest has been just on fire in the preseason, and then last year was USL yeah. Defender of the Year. So, I mean, there's no reason that. He deserves a start, and I think against Atlanta United would be the game to start him. That would He's going to have a lot of fire in his heart to not let a goal get past him, and you know he's going to make those tackles. So that's why, that's why I picked him over Haglund. But that back line uh, that you said is almost identical other than that. Uh, the two defensive midfielders I didn't change uh, from Seattle. I still have it as Bertone and Uola. Um, now, I don't know if we're going to see it, but I have uh, Kenny Saif playing that uh, number 10 role, that uh, attacking mid role. Um, with him just joining, what, yesterday? Uh, I, I don't know if he'll get the start, but I do expect him to see him to see him on the bench. I mean... He's he's too high. Yeah, I think he'll make the bench. Too. I don't. I, unfortunately, I don't think he'll get the start. Um, which which does suck because obviously he would he'd definitely be one of those players that kind of frees up your defense because you have to you have to focus on him. I mean, the dude's mm-hmm. played in the Champions League. He's played in the Europa League. He's got experience. He's got pace. He's just he's you know a high profile player, and so. You know, with him signing yesterday, it, it does kind of, kind of suck that it took this long to get him. Um, yeah, yeah. But I do expect him to see, expect to see him in the eighteen. Well, and so if if who did you who did you say you think he's going to play in that number ten role? Um, uh, Kukatsu Mane or Darren Maddox. Okay. I know Maddox came on. Um, later in the Seattle game and he slotted into that 10 spot. Um, okay. But I, I don't Do know if th- Mane is, 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 Stanko is just a winger. Rick, is Stanko, um, um, he's just a winger? Stanko is a, he's a defensive mid. I, I want to say he defensive played center mid. back a bit in the preseason too. Okay. Because I, I thought he played center back in preseason. I didn't know. Uh and I saw a, a video from FC Cincinnati today in training where he scored a goal uh, assisted by uh, Amaya. Um, yeah, assisted from Frankie. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but my, my top three for this lineup, uh, there, there's only one difference. I had Addy up top and Maddox on the right. Um, I put Ledesma on the left. I think Ledesma's going to get to start against Atlanta. I mean, he was the top scorer for FC Cincinnati last season. Wasn't he the top scorer? And the USL as well. Uh, he he didn't get the golden boot. Um, he won the he MVP because he had gotcha. fifteen he had goals, fifteen assists. assists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, see, I, I mean, he was on I, fire. I can't see Manu taking that left spot from Lama. I think if Manu starts, it'll be over Maddox. Which you know, I was bouncing in between those two the last mm-hmm. week. I was like, you know, I I'd totally be okay with either one of them starting. And I would too. That front, that front three, is is highly interchangeable. You know, um, I think any combination we do up there, if done correctly, if you know performed correctly, 
it it'd be deadly as all hell. Yeah, I mean, even when when Adi's getting tired, you can bring Manu on as a center forward, and he can he can play that center forward spot just fine. He did it quite a few times last season. Um. Well, um, it, I'm trying to I'm losing my train of thought. Atlanta United uh, went with a three four three against DC United, um, and at some points it even looked like a you know, a five, two, three. I, I mean, you sent, you sent me a nice, uh, thread by one of our local, uh, sports analysts for FC Cincinnati. And she had, she had just gone in depth about, uh, how Frank DeBoer, uh, coaches his teams in the past, uh, at Ajax and Crystal Palace, namely, and how he's reliant on, uh, a false nine, uh, ironic, you know, false nine podcast, fucking false nine. But um, we we had discussed this earlier today, actually, about Yosef um, Martinez not being able to uh, give that false nine role what it needs to succeed in the rest of the yeah, formation. So I think it's going to be well, he he succeeded at Ajax. I don't remember, you know, what exactly his record was over there, but when he went to Crystal Palace and tried this 3-4-3, 5-4-1, whatever you want to call it with that false 9, it didn't mm-hmm. really work cuz he had Christian Benteke and he's just not that type of player. Yeah. And although Joseph Martinez kind of is yeah, and although Yosef Martinez has you know all the pace in the world and he can he can create and he can dribble, he's just not he's not that player. He's a he, he's a guy that's gonna get the ball and take defenders on himself, or they're gonna swing the ball into him and he's gonna score. He's not that. Yeah. He's just not a false nine player. Um. So I th- I think Atlanta could really struggle this year. Um. I mean they only have they've played. What, four games, I think, this year. They have one win and three losses. Um, Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So. And, now, and their three losses were all the, away, but... Didn't they just play it in the CONCACAF Con- Champions League and, and lose against... They lost against Monterey? Uh, yeah, they lost to Monterey, which is... I mean, it's okay to lose to them. They're the most expensive club on the continent, but... Is still a three nil loss, and they only created one shot on target, and that's just unlike Atlanta. And and that's that's my thing. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Atlanta did a good job replacing the players they let go. You well, have an aging Brad Guzan in goal. That man <laughs> played for Aston Villa in the Premier League. They went to relegation. They stayed in relegation. They got demoted to the championship. What did Guzan do? He signed for Middlesbrough, who was coming up to the Premier League. What happened to Middlesbrough that season? They also got relegated. And then Guzan was like, shit. It came to America, Atlanta bottom, which he, he did awesome for Atlanta last season. I mean, obviously they wouldn't be uh, where they were, had it not been Martinez and uh, who, who, who was just signed to Newcastle from Atlanta, Almiron. Thank you. If it wasn't for the, those 
two, I don't think Atlanta would have been half as successful. No, um, I mean because they, Guzon, Guzon defensively is, last year they were pretty bad. I mean they had a pretty bad record last year defensively. Yeah, it was just well, they were scoring Guzon's four or goal. five goals a game. It's because Guzon's in goal, dude. I mean that is. I'm not even a freaking coach, man. Guzon has sucked his entire life, and I. I don't know him personally, and you know, if I got to meet him, I wouldn't tell him that to his face. But I'd be like, hey man, when you gonna start thinking about hanging the boots up? And I'm sure he's starting to question himself that too, especially after two losses in a row. So my question, uh, do you think Atlanta United is going to field a weaker squad uh, because they do have to... Not only do they have to play us, but then they have to co- turn around and go play in the, uh, the second leg of the CONCACAF Con- Champions League game against Monterey. I mean, I, I think, I think they almost have to play a weak squad against us. I can't see them because looking at the squad they played against DC and then the squad they played against Monterey. It was almost the same squad minus two players. Um, Julian Gressel didn't start against DC. Uh, He started against um, Monterey. As in the same with uh, P.T. Martinez, the new signing that they got to, I guess, kind of replace Almiron, even though he's a winger. He didn't start. Um, against DC, Victor Vialba did, and then they just swapped mm-hmm. for the Monterey game. I mean, so that's two players. So nine of their starting eleven players. I mean, if you're gonna tell me that they're gonna play a game on Sunday, a game on Wednesday, and then a game on Sunday, man, you're just asking for injuries at that point. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. So they're gonna have to rotate. I mean, obviously, there's gonna it would be very strange to not see Martinez on the field at some point, if not starting, coming on as a sub. Um, but I do, I don't think we're going to see all their their starters, and I do think that there is a slight chance we can, if we play our cards right, we can go in there and at the least walk away with a draw. You know, I, I if we play well enough, focused enough, and determined enough for ninety minutes, I have no doubt in my mind that it won't at least be a draw. Um, so with that in mind, Zach, let's do some score predictions here. Um, I'll go first. So, I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 1-1. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. One, one. And I think the goals will be scored for, for FC Cincinnati. I hope it's Addy. Jesus. Um, <laughs> same, same. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw one of our wingers bag a goal. It would be some kind of special to see Ledesma bag a, bag a trick and go do the Ronaldo celebration, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And that that crowd of 70,000 just... Um, boo. <laughs> yeah, they'd be booing <laughs> his ass off the field, man, but it'd be amazing. God. So, uh, but yeah, that's my score prediction. I, I'm gonna go with one one, and I think I'm gonna stick with that. So I think what'll be crucial here is if Cincinnati can go in there and for the first twenty twenty five minutes 
just frustrate Atlanta. You know, get that crowd frustrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if if Atlanta scores early, it's over. I mean, they'll score five goals on us. That that I mean that crowd will get so loud and so rowdy. So if we can go in there and almost do what we did against Seattle and you know just play defense, play defense against run a play, get a goal, um, and really quiet that crowd, I, mm-hmm. I think they could walk away with a draw. Um, personally, it's be tough. I, I don't see it happening. I just Atlanta is so talented, even even with a weak squad. I mean, they have they have so much talent. I I don't well, and they've been think... playing a lot together. A lot longer. Yeah, I mean, the only difference with their squad is they got a new manager. That's pretty much mm-hmm. it. I mean, obviously a couple players here and there, but so my prediction is is a two one Atlanta. Um, hmm. It hurts back to back losses, Ouch. but <laughs> you know, I I think a two one loss in Atlanta is pretty respectable. If uh, we can pull that yeah. off, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are going to go in there and and get beat by more than one goal. So. Well, and see what I'm excited about. Um, just looking at Atlanta United's lineup against DC United. DC United ran a four-two-three-one against Atlanta's three-four-three, and they came away with a two-goal win. So it is possible. Oh, and I didn't expect DC, DC United. Was, I mean, I think DC is going to be a really strong team this year. Um, but they they were dominant in that game against Atlanta. They were. Yeah, it they, was bad. I mean, Atlanta had nothing for them. So, as Atlanta, like DC came there, right? I guess Atlanta went to DC, uh, thinking that you know we're the defending MLS Cup champions, and uh, DC was not having any of that. They didn't care who they were. They're just gonna go out there and win, and that that's I think the mindset that we're gonna start having to have. Uh, come these next couple of months, you know, is we we got to go to these games craving the win, salivating for the win, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, especially the, these away games against those playoff teams from last year. Like, you got to play with that win mentality. And if you can, if dude, if we could walk out of Atlanta with a draw, like, that is huge. I mean, that would be huge. It would change the the mentality of the players, you know, it'd be like, wow, this is what we can do. Let's build on it. Um, and I, I'm just concerned that we're going ha- to have a, a little period where we're still trying to, you know, fix everything and get it working and running as a well-oiled machine would. Um, but even looking back uh, to like when Antonio Conte took over Chelsea, you know, he he let the players kind of do what they wanted to do, and then they stopped winning. It was an Arsenal upset that got Conte to decide, I'm changing the formation, you know. And then as soon as that happened, the rest is history. They went, won the title. But with that being said, it took him about three, four months to get a well-oiled machine out of his team. I mean, and that was just from him being a brand new coach, you know. Um, this is a, a machine that has brand new parts, brand new components. The, the, the coaching staff's pretty much the same from last season. 
uh, with a couple of components. These components and parts I'm using an analogy for are the players. Um, and and so we have to get that machine, the machine of the team, well-oiled. And I think the only thing that can yeah. do that is time. And yeah, actual, it's going to take time. I mean... And just actual experience out on the field uh, playing with each other, you know? Yeah, I, I think you can kind of give Cincinnati, like... I mean, if they go out and get blown out again, as much as I hate to, like, see it and say this, like, I think you can give them a pass for losing to Seattle in Seattle. Atlanta in yeah. Atlanta. It's that third game when we open up Nippard Stadium. It's it's going to be a packed That's, crowd, probably yeah. sold out, I would say. Uh, it, by uh, now, it's probably... Because me and Alex were having a hard time uh, look f- looking for tickets. Uh, but then, yeah, you know, Alex, I, had, I had forgot I'll be out of town uh, come the, that first home game, which I'm super upset about, but it's been planned for months, and <laughs> I just forgot about it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'll be watching down sold, in Florida. <laughs> yeah, they've already sold over 30,000 tickets, and we're still a week and a half out, so. Yeah, and that's... That's saying something. That is saying something right there. Um, and I, I do think once these other MLS teams come and see our crowd, the intimidation's going to be real. I mean, I don't know if you saw what they have planned for the Bailey for that home opener, but it's going to be sick as fuck. Absolutely sick. Um, Well, shit, Zach. That's about... For the 30, 40 some minutes of FC Cincinnati discussion right there. Um, is there anything else you want to touch up on uh, before we transition into uh, European soccer? Uh, no, not really. I think we kind of covered everything. I do too. I, I mean, for as much as the two of us can do uh, when we're two co-hosts short, um, I, th- I think we hit everything we can. Um I just for, for, uh, kind of a message for FCC fans: have patience with this team. Have patience. With patience comes great things. And you gotta, you gotta trust the process. And I know FC Cincinnati. We're gonna be great. But like you said, Zach, trust the process. So that's gonna wrap us up for uh, the FC Cincinnati discussions here. Um, so, let's talk about some uh, Premier League soccer, Zach. Uh, you know how much I love the it's Premier over. League. It's over, man. I'm so bummed that Manchester City is going to win the title. Well, you know, I actually saw... An, well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much... Unless something crazy happens, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. But um, what I was trying to say here is... Uh, Oh, God damn it. I'm trying to pull up the table. <laughs> I just read today, Manchester City has been accused of breaching financial fair play, which that information came out before even uh, Chelsea's transfer ban talks were were even, like, being whispered. Um, 
Man City's fair, financial fair play was the, one of the first things to get busted under the footy leaks. Um, and then it was just, is UEFA or FIFA going to do anything about it? And uh, it looks like FIFA's going to do something, uh, whether that's a transfer ban or a fine. Hell if I know. Um, but they, they said it's on the brink of happening, that they're, they're going to get uh, busted for financial fair play. So... Right now, we got right, Man City. Rightfully so on them. I mean, they've spent like $700 million in like three Thank years. You. Like, Thank you. Someone someone with a brain is saying it. Whenever I talk to a Man City fan, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we just signed players. It's like, no. It's oil money. It's all oil money, you bastards. God bless. Um, sitting in top place right now. Of course, is Manchester City on 71 points. Second place, though, Liverpool sitting on 70 points. There is still a chance Liverpool can and, and come back and take City this City plays, I think, I think they go to Tottenham, which is obviously City can blow out That's Tottenham if they want to, but Tottenham is they're a decent team yeah. when they want to be. And I want to say they still play yeah, they Manchester <laughs> United. And man, you in the form they're in is going to be a fucking tough team to play. Man. Yeah, they're absolutely flying right now. So I, City can definitely drop points. They have they have the tougher run in. I think Liverpool's biggest game. I think they play Chelsea again. Um, yeah. But other than that, I think they Liverpool do. has a pretty easy run in until they play Wolves on the last week of the season. And Wolves have kind of been a, a giant killer this year, beating. I want to say they beat every top six team already. So. They did. If I remember correctly, they did upset Chelsea. Um, if they haven't beaten them, they've drawn with them. Drawn, thank you. I. It's hard to keep up because we're in a transitional season, you know. When like when we obviously I'm going to remember games when we get beat four nothing by Bournemouth and fucking six nothing by Manchester City. I'm going to remember that shit. But draws, you know that those get pushed to the back of my mind pretty quick. Um. So sitting in third place is Tottenham. Fuck Spurs. Fuck the Spurs. They don't deserve anything. Um, and fourth is Manchester United on 58 points, only three a game behind Tottenham. Arsenal's on 57 points in fifth, and Chelsea is in 56th. Uh, is in sixth with 56 points. Um, so really, the battle for top four right now is the excitement in the Premier League. Uh, until we get to those last couple of games where it's it's going to come down to a point or two between City and Liverpool uh, for the yeah, title. Yeah, that, that top that top four, man, it's 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 going to be exciting because it's going to come down to the last game of the season. It, it really is, and I I wouldn't care if Chelsea didn't. I wouldn't care if they didn't make it in the top four. But with that being said, if they don't make it in the top four, I expect them to win the Europa League. And I don't think that's too high of an ex- expectation for me to have. Uh, but we, we're a top club. we got to have Champions League football. Yeah, I, we, I we think we're out if of it gonna... one season. We come back in the Champions League with Conte. Fucking Courtois bottles it against Messi. Finally lets Messi score against Chelsea. God, I've never been so pissed off in my life watching that game. <laughs> Didn't um, he score two? That yeah, game? he scored two, and they're both fucking nutmegs. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, and then immediately that season we finished fifth. And it was like, well, here's our first season back in the Champions League, but welcome to the Europa League. You know, that's what it felt like to me. Um, so that that's why my expectation for them is set high. If, if they don't finish top four, they ought to win the Europa League. Um, but let's, since we're already talking about the Premier League, let's talk about that United Champions League comeback against Paris Saint-Germain. So I didn't what? even watch the game. <laughs> I... I listened to it a bit in my car on my way home from work, and at the time, United had like 18% possession. It was tied one-to-one on aggregate, and I was like, it's over, you know? Like, Mm. PSG was just firing in balls and people trying to get on crosses, and and then I checked my phone, and you guys are like, PSG just (laughs) choked, and I'm like, what? So I check my phone and Rashford scores a 94th minute penalty to send him through on away goals. And I'm yeah. like, how has PSG choked that? I swear UEFA's got to have something to do with that shit, man. I that don't was, know how that PSG a, could choke. So. <laughs> it was almost a reserve squad for Manchester United. They Their entire bench minus one player was in their teens. Mm-hmm. That and that's really saying something. I mean, Paul Pogba was and up in the stands watching the game with uh, uh, pa- uh, Patrice Evra. Um, <laughs> and I know. And Neymar was in the stands too, because he, he was. Uh, yeah. Banned from the game or injured. I know. Um, yeah, he was injured with his foot, and I I know. People mm. always talk about how Spurs are like the biggest bottlers. But can we talk about? how in the last like three years PSG had like what a 4-0 lead going to Barcelona and lost (laughs) 6-1 and then they do this against United's reserve team like the amount of money just dumped into them is absurd I think even if Neymar was on the field there would that's saying something but it would have been more funny to see United upset him if Neymar was on the field. Um, well, you know, I do know, um, just from speaking with Chris periodically throughout the weeks, um, that currently, and I'm going to pull it up right now so I don't say anything on the air and I'll be wrong, but if I remember correctly, yep, now in Bundesliga, Dortmund is still in first place, only on goal differential. Yeah, they're tied. They're sitting at 54 oh. points. And then Bayern's in second place with 54 points. Only I two think goals they play each other behind still. in the goal difference. I mean, it's, it's starting to look like the Premier League, you know. <laughs> I mean, that top two spot. And I, you know, what's what good is it going to do if Dortmund doesn't win, if Bayern wins? All it's going to do is keep Bayern in their same mindset and all this stuff. I really want to see Dortmund win. I really hope Dortmund wins for the sake of Chris and for the sake of all of Germany. For the love of God, I think I think it's going to be like seven or eight straight if they if Bayern go on to win. Yeah. And I mean that's what's gonna that's what's gonna be required to win 
is is for a run of form like that. Um, so Zach, you are a Serie A guy. Do you already have the Serie All table? Um, Ready so, to go. you know, not much has really changed in, in Syria. Um, Juve did just beat Napoli, so now they're 12, 14 points ahead. Mm. Um, so, the Serie A race for the title is pretty much over. Um, really, you're looking at that that last spot into the Champions League. Um, like, so, between fourth place, AC Milan... They're at 48 points. Inter Milan's at 47 and 4th. Um, so, and then you have Roma in 5th at 44 points, just one game back. Then you have three teams, Lazio, Torino, and Atlanta, all one game back of Roma, who's in 5th. So really just six points off that 4th place spot with, yeah. I mean, more than 10 games left in the season. So six, it could, it it, could, Anyone could end up in that top 4 spot. You know, yeah, anyway, and uh, Roma did just fire Roma. their manager today. Yeah, and you know, I saw that Carlo Ancelotti was uh, is rumored to be the appointed caretaker manager for them. <laughs> With you know, a, a permanent manager being hired in the summer. After, I mean, speaking of Roma, after getting upset by Porto, I don't know how Porto beat them, but they did. Um, Porto is the Porto better is team those, from what I heard yeah and I mean I didn't watch any of the highlights I, the one highlight I saw was uh, like a four not even a four second in, in total clip of Pepe shoving his face in his oh, forehead yeah. and into Jacko's forehead Jekko. and it like left a mark on Jacko's forehead man he's like blood, bleeding um, he scratched him with a headbutt yeah, Pepe's a dick. Um, I I do want to briefly mention on for all of us here at the False Nine podcast that Spurs are shit, and still somehow they beat Borussia Dortmund. I think they only Dude, beat them Spurs because they, when they lined up in a five three two. They literally went there to defend. Hey, if you have a three goal lead, I'd play I mean, that's nine at the back. Do, yeah, so yeah. I agree with you. Do what you got to do because you don't want to play open <laughs> football against Dortmund at Dortmund. Like, that's no, a terrifying that's place to go do. play. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up this La Liga table so we can just give our listeners. It, it's Barca. We all know it's over. Just in... give Barca the trophy. Real Madrid, <laughs> Real Madrid are trash. Atletico Madrid just draw everybody and they play defense. And Yeah, it's because they play a transitional 4-4-2 into a 4-3-3, but you have Alvaro Morata as your striker, and now you're just fucked. That's what Atletico Madrid's issue is. Real Madrid's issue is they have the snake, Courtois, and goal, who can slither and slither, but he still can't Dude, stop he, a ball from going in between his so fucking legs. He is so bad. Like, I can't believe Real Madrid crashed out of he wasn't, the Champions League to Ajax. He, Dude, I, Ajax were phenomenal. I, I don't know if you watched that game, but they, they were like skill moving down the entire pitch. Just embarrassing no, players. I, 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 Bleacher Report put multiple clips of their players just shitting on them. And I'm, I'm sitting here like, Ooh, that, they're doing that against Real Madrid. 
it, rea- it, like it looked like <laughs> if I was playing FIFA like with the- my girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> and she didn't know what she was doing as Real Madrid, and I was Ajax, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, do a Rabona here, a Cruyff turn, Dude, like, the best move. <laughs> like maybe nutmeg a couple people, like." It- Dude. I mean, it was it was some kind of bad. And then and... let's talk about the arrogance of Sergio Ramos to intentionally oh. get a yellow card in the first leg, so he could you know be like reset for the next round, so he yeah. didn't play in this game. Like just the arrogance that Real Madrid has, they fully deserved to be eliminated by Ajax. I agree with you, Dave. They, I don't think they should have won last season. I thought that was a little horseshit. Sergio Ramos is a dickhead for injuring Salah. Didn't even get a card for doing it. Um, you know, it's about time karma has come back for Real Madrid because it's long overdue. I, I saw rumors that Mourinho was coming back, that they yeah, might no, like Mourinho's announce him like back. today, but it didn't happen. Oh, they, and, you know, they might. And if they do, good on them. Because that just means everyone in, there in the team's got to hate playing soccer. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think, they, I think they should let United. Solari see out the season. Because, I mean, their season's over. They can't win Serie A. They're out of Copa del Rey. They're not Serie A, La Liga. They're out yeah. of Copa del Rey, and they're out of Champions League. So it's like, why are you going to bring a new manager in just to I mean, for no reason at all. There. Like, just let yeah, Solari play out the season, and then the summer bring in Conte, Mourinho, Mourinho. whoever you're going to bring in. Arsene Finger, I don't freaking know. <laughs> Somebody. And then then let them, you know, do what they got to do. But I, I really well, hope they don't sign Mourinho, really just because I'm sick yeah. of seeing him in the freaking news all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, then... That's one thing about uh, Mourinho, is uh, he's able to control the media, you know. Yeah, he's very good at um, it. He's been good at it since 2004. Um, so the games that are coming up, other than FC Cincinnati's game Sunday against Atlanta United, 5 p.m. Um, we have in the Champions League next week. These are probably going to be some firecrackers of a game we have uh juve against atletico madrid they're gonna City. need some magic yeah i i hope juve can they're, they're gonna need mr champions league himself cristiano ronaldo to just show up Patrick. and fuck atletico madrid like he has so many times in the past and you i i for the love of god and for the love of my soul if juve don't win I don't know. They're the one, like, mega team that's left that's not Madrid or Barcelona. Obviously, Barcelona's still still there, but they play Lyon, and it's it's a 0-0 aggregate. Lyon can easily upset Barca. Easily. Oh, absolutely. Will it happen? Probably not. But can it? Of course it can. The way this year is going. Dimitri Payet. Or Dimitri Payet plays for fucking Marseille, not... not uh, the way this year's going, Leon may walk into the Camp Nou and score six goals. Like... Yeah. 
just because that's you the Champions know, League dude. this year. Um, the the other good game will be City uh, Shocky Shocky O four. Uh, because the aggregate score of that currently is three two city to Shockey. so all Shockey has to do is get one away goal, and well, I, shit, they'd have no, to score Schalke, three. Shock have to do two two nil, or they'd have to score two. Okay, which shit. is it's it's That'd doable. Be, that's gonna be I tough. mean, Man City but has Schalke's... no Kevin De Bruyne, no John Stones, no Imrek Laporte, no Fernandinho, like. Those are some big name players for them. The 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 one thing I think that's going to help them in that game, Manchester City is having uh, Leroy Sané, because he I don't think he's not injured, is he? Who? Sané. Uh, no, he's not injured. Uh, that that's with him being from Schalke. I I am predicting now that he will be the key player in that game for Manchester City. He's so good. That um, free kick he hit in the first the last leg was game. That last game is Bayern Liverpool, aggregate zero zero, and it's liver. Don't Liverpool have to go to Bayern? Yeah, so Liverpool go to so. Bayern, and um, I just don't know what this Liverpool team man. It's like they go score five goals against Watford, and then they can't score a goal on Everton, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense how they can go from just blowing teams out to creating one chance in a game like i don't know i i want to see liverpool go through because i'm sick of these you know mm. super clubs uh, real madrid Bayern munich barcelona like i just want something new in the champions league and so far this year's kind of kind of done that like it's yeah it's kind of providing it it's it's quite in something i if you would have told me real madrid would be out in the round of 16 like at the start of the season, I would have laughed, you know. Dude, I, I, I just would bet laugh. my car on it. Like, yeah, it's like there's because no way they don't make when, it out of the round. When is the 16. last? I mean, I don't even know when the last time in history that's happened to them. But it 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 cannot have been within the past decade. It just can't. I don't think it has. Uh, um, I think it was. It was probably about ten years ago. Like I think it was the last year before they signed Ronaldo. I think um, Juve is Douglas Costa. Is he like fit and ready to play? As far as you know, uh, who? Douglas Costa. Um, I believe he's fit. I I don't think he got hurt recently. I know he he was out for a little bit, but I, I'm pretty okay. sure he's fit. And, because I think I'm I'm just sitting here trying to think of how Juve is going to break Atletico Madrid down, uh, and they're going to have they're to gonna, do it they're going to need yeah they'll need Paulo Dybala, Douglas Costa, um, Ronaldo. I they're probably going to play Mario Mandzukic, which it's like I get it the dude scores goals, but he, he's yeah, older. He I wouldn't mind seeing Juan Cuadrado get in do there. You think- or Federico Bernadeschi. Like, what? Have they been playing a 4-3-3, Juve? Uh, yeah, I believe it's a 4-3-3. Mandzukic in the middle, Ronaldo on the left wing. Okay. Because I didn't know if they were playing Ronaldo, because, you know, they got rid of Iguain. Um, I didn't know if they were playing Ronaldo as a striker or a winger. Um, yeah, he, he plays on the wing. They're playing... 
Dabala in midfield, aren't they? Um, it kind of depends. Like sometimes he starts on the right wing, um, but if they have like Bernadeski, he's in, fast enough to play on the wings. Yeah, if they have like Bernadeski and Bernadeski plays on the wing and Paulo slides into the cam spot. I uh, I really got my fingers crossed for your boys in the black and white Dude, for the wait, old lady. I will be crushed. Yeah. Like you're telling me that the team that has eliminated us the last like three years in Real Madrid are out in the round of sixteen. Like, if we get past yeah. Atletico, yeah. I don't see any team beating us. And that's what that's what I'm saying. If they can upset Atletico Madrid, Juve's got the Champions League sealed, signed, delivered. The only team that I would be concerned with is having to face Manchester City or... Fuck, man. It's like... Those those two nil-nil aggregate games with Barca and Lyon and Bayern and Liverpool, they can go either way. So I don't even want to suggest like, oh, well, Juve's going to have to watch out for Bayern or Liverpool because it's like... Well, fuck yeah, either of those no teams can going win. Through. So it's like, you know. Uh, well, shit, Zach. We've been going for almost a full hour. Uh, this this might rank as the longest podcast so far. But, you know, that's okay. I think this has probably been one of the better podcasts, even though we're missing two co-hosts. We weren't talking over each other, yelling at each other. Dude. Calling each other this, bitches. This thing would be an hour and a half if we had the other two guys. Oh, no, it, it totally would, because we'd all have to put our comments in and shit. And that's probably why Chris just didn't... I don't know what happened to Chris. God bless his heart. Um, hopefully he's still alive. Chris, if you're listening to this, I hope you're still alive. Anyways, um, I think that's going to wrap us up this week. Um... So on behalf of me and my co-host, have a wonderful week and come back for anything and everything FCC.